Welcome back to another episode of the Tie My Skates podcast. It's DG and Z. How are you doing today, Z? I'm good, man. Excited. We got a big announcement today. Yeah. So if you guys haven't heard already, we're adding two new co-hosts to the podcast at Flyers Johnny and at your boy Coots from Twitter. How are you boys doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, boys. First of all, I want to say thanks to High and Wide for letting us under their wing, wing. <laughs> speak much. And uh, I'm honored to join this podcast. You know, I'm excited. I think we're going to grow and have a great time together. I, I just have one concern, though. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm always worried. I'm always worried about, like, loose ends and maybe, like, lack of chemistry. And uh, I have to talk about Johnny for a second. Uh, here because, we Because uh, <laughs> he, uh, you know, about two weeks ago, he posted something. It was, like, his most interactive with uh, followers or whatever. And I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. I see DG there. I'm like, all right, cool. What's up, DG? And, I, and then I'm looking for a Z. I see no Z. And I'm looking <laughs> Z's for new me. To Twitter. I saw no me either. So, you know, I just want to acknowledge that. Do you feel and, neglected? Uh, you know, you want, I feel neglected. You want a hug? I'm, I'm a little worried. I'm worried, worried about the chemistry. <laughs> you want a hug? Cookies? Milk? No? Yeah. 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 A blankie too. <laughs> Rocky to sleep. <laughs> what's up johnny i don't know if that's what you're looking for oh hey what's up dg I'd, I'd just like to say i don't think you're gonna get enough credit for this but you sounded out every single word perfectly in that intro it was beautiful i know i mean it was beautiful it was no know. longer it was yeah. no longer the struggling fifth grader anymore it was exactly. if you graduated Dude, once... to sixth grade you are you are like a like the rebellious 13 year old now congrats hey ben dude once the camera starts rolling it's a whole new thing Nerves gone. It's just rock and roll. Oh, absolutely. Boom. But, uh, dude, we're so happy to have you guys both join the podcast. You guys have been the only two guests that we've had in our first 15 episodes. So what better people to join the podcast than the only guests we've ever had? <laughs> Way to make us feel special there. Thank you. Exactly. You guys are the best guests we've ever had on this show. I can tell you that. Wow. Oh, Charm. no surprise. Charmer, there. too. <laughs> yeah, this is, is going to be a wild ride, guys. Everyone strap the fuck in. <laughs> All right. So our first topic today, obviously we start every episode, you know, going through the, the old games. So I'm just going to rattle off the past four games that have happened since the last episode. We lost three to one to the stars and then four to three to the Islanders, which was Mr. Yandel's 965th game. And we'll talk about that in a second. Then we lost, or we didn't lose this time. Sorry. I, I'm getting Force used to saying it. the word loss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we won 4-3 in overtime in uh, in the Snow Bowl against the Kings, Lawton with the OT winner. And then somehow we won back-to-back games and won 3-1 to one against the Jets right before the All-Star break. It's crazy. My mind always, whenever whenever I see like – Whenever I saw that two-game winning streak, immediately in my mind, I thought of—I don't know if you guys ever seen the movie, but Major League, where he's confronting the team in the locker room. He's like, "Guys, we've won two in a row. That is called a winning streak. It has happened before." <laughs> and that's immediately where my mind went. Psych. We won two games in a row instead of losing thirteen. A lot better. Is Major League Charlie Sheen? Yeah, that's exactly. It is. Yeah, yeah it is. Look at yeah. you. <laughs> Look at you. That's great. I thought I—I I thought I've seen that movie. I'm, I'm not the movie guy, boys, so I apologize. Sorry, right. You just sit there and look pretty. That's all. That's all you're here for. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that and the college hockey stories. How how about that uh, Islanders game? Like, we're up 2 nothing. We're, like, feeling kind of confident. And then, of course, we end up losing. <laughs> Typical Flyers. You knew it was going to happen. Losing yeah. the lead. Didn't we, like, immediately give up two goals, like, in the first? Yeah. The second oh, yeah. half of the first? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right after we scored. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like always against Ridiculous. the fucking Islanders, dude. I mean, they like don't score on any other team. Yeah. I mean, but the biggest thing about that game is the fact that Yandel broke uh, what's his face's record for most consecutive games. Doug Jarvis. Doug Jarvis. Doug Jarvis. Only a Sorry. legend. Hall of Famer. A little Not bit a of respect deal. for the last NHL Ironman. Yeah, I mean it's it it's impressive. I mean, well, I'm sure you guys I'm, all agree. I mean, he's he's old news now. I mean, the Yandel's at 967, so. It was impressive how, that it how was really his, good it, was no, go for the it. 964 games spanned his entire career. Doug Jarvis, not Yandel. So he played yeah, 964 he games and 964 games only, and then yeah. just retired. Yeah, 
that's pretty badass. It's pretty sick. And like, yeah, but it's, it's nothing like 965. Like it's it's old news now, guys. Like he, he he's no longer like he's nothing now. It's 967 now. Keith Yandel, Flint, Michigan, Mega Bowl. <laughs> so the one thing about Yandel breaking the record is if he does finish out the rest of the season, which I mean, it's looking like he probably is. He's going to be over a thousand games in a row. He'll have a thousand and four games, if my math's correct. If he finishes out the Mas- season Let's without playoffs, let's double Mas- check guy. that. Mask guy, mask guy, mask guy, DG. I, think I am an accountant in my in my other life, <laughs> dude. What but... are we doing, DG? We got the like old Listen. men from the Muppets down here, <laughs> like Johnny. It's all Johnny. The, the, I know the peanut gallery. If if I mean, I... yeah, go on. <laughs> I was going to say, if like we have recurring listeners to this podcast, they know like the way me and Z have been going about these past 15 episodes to what's about to happen every single episode for the next, you know, X amount of years with these two boys is going to be, it's going to be something. So to, to strap in, it, I'm sure it's going to be fucking wild. Get, right get used to it. Sorry, we came in and fucked it. up your world. Oh, no, wait, you I don't it up. apologize. You made it a lot better. You made it a lot better, Johnny. That's the thing. Real, that real quick, can I say something about Yandel? Can I say something about yeah, Yandel? Go for it. I know he, you know, he gets a lot of hate. You know, he's kind of burnt toast at this time of it, or point of his career. Probably creates one goal against the game. Burnt if, toast. What at a minimum term. But but listen, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I've I've played on thirty. It? After about thirty games a year playing college hockey, my freaking body hurts. You know, I mean, it's it's tough. It's a grind. And this guy played almost a thousand freaking games in the highest league in the world. You know what I mean? I'm freaking not playing. I'm playing 30 games. I need an ice bath after freaking number two. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I block I, I, a shot. I block a shot men's league and I'm freaking I'm toast. <laughs> Yans is just built different, dude. It's also a testament too, because he started that. He started it in 2009. And back then, and like in 2009, you know, like Pete guys and like, I guess that was kind of like the transition of starting to take care of yourself, like nutrition, you know, everyone's referring to them as hockey nerds and everything like that and doing everything in the off season, you know, he was like fully like going full throttle in the summers, but not in anything related to hockey in 2009, 2010, 2011, maybe around two, like 2013. That's when I think the whole league made it, made a bigger jump to focus on the sports science and things like that. But then that's still four seasons of not missing a single game. And that's the years of not really taking proper conditioning. And then also with COVID, with COVID right now, him not like catching it and being forced to sit a game. That's like, it's been two years now. And he's just, he might be the only person on the planet that somehow avoided COVID at this point. (laughs) And there's, there's no shot he gets traded, right? I know he has like a no move or whatever, but like, who's going to trade anything for him, right? No one's gonna give that. No one, for him. no one in the playoffs. Nah, we're right, we're so uh, we're we're married to him. Yeah, he's yeah. finishing out the season with us, and he's gonna play every game as long as he doesn't get injured. Yeah, I mean, we rattled off with Johnny last uh, two weeks ago. Now, the the names of and of players that we would get rid of, and I, Yans definitely isn't one of them. He's definitely just here for the. I would, days. I would get rid of. Him, I mean, you no would, one, no but one, no one's. No, one. <laughs> no. Braun is like the last man on this defense that probably we can move for something that's probably true I think, I think, yeah, Braun works his freaking bag off every night I've, I've got no problem with him i got a lot of respect for him he's a great defender he's ugly looking skater but his oh work yeah actually especially in the corners too is actually really really superb superb i like that um, vocab word of the day are you gonna write that down yeah i just did yeah that right, now. right <laughs> on your hand nice i like that <laughs> Nice right, so, with a pen and paper. Not prepared. So not to keep this the talk on Yance, but uh our first win in what was it, 13 games came against the Kings at the Snow Bowl at the Wells Fargo Center. I actually I actually thought they played good that game. They were flying a little bit. They really you did. Know, and Atkinson just put the team on his back that game. I feel like he literally carried what them a beast. to that win. What a beast. Even though Lots got the OT winner. I mean, I think Atkinson had two goals, and he was just driving the offense the whole game. G with that possession, and then the flip flip play from the uh, from the red line end, basically. You know what that reminds me of? Have you guys ever seen like replays of the Miracle on Ice in 1980? That looks exactly like I think the second goal they scored right before the first intermission 
where the guy slaps the puck from center ice and then Mark Johnson cuts between the D and scores with like a second left in the period. Sorry, tangent, but that was exactly what it reminded me of. Same idea. Do you, I mean, it was a miracle that we won that game. It was a miracle. It was our own little mini miracle. <laughs> a mini miracle. A Philadelphia mini miracle. We did not lose 14 in a row. I wish I was at oh that my game. Gosh. My dad was actually at that game, and it was probably a really fun game to be at just because yeah. of all all the free con, uh, concessions that fans got that actually came to the game. If, if oh, yeah, any, yeah, yeah. If anybody free listening yeah. – yeah, if anybody listening didn't know like what happened to that game, they basically got free parking. Everybody that was in the second level just got free seat upgrades to the first to the first bowl. And then I think half the crowd got a free hot dog and a soda, and then the other half got a free pretzel and a soda. So like over I it wasn't a beer. I wish it was a beer. Like if I was at the game, I'd be like, could I sub this soda for a, a free beer instead? Cause they're like 15 bucks a can. But what about the sick. diabetic fans? What are they going to have? How thoughtless. Ask Bobby Clark, Bobby Clark. What's Bobby Clark eating? Exactly. Me and him are eating salads together. I want to know what Danny B is eating in the, in the GM press box. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I also, I'm with you. I would have liked to go to that game. I really like Kopitar. Probably my favorite player ever, like outside of like the Flyers for a while, for the last 12 years, probably. You love Coots. You love Kopitar. What do you guys? You have, I think you have a type. He likes the Selkie What's, guys. I think you have. I a like type. the Sel. I love the freaking guys that grind it out. They're like not you like a, You like a bird? Barkoff, oh, O'Reilly, Barkoff, Ryan and O'Reilly. I like guys with a little bit of edge too. Yeah, Ryan O'Reilly. All those guys. My favorite kind of. You players. a big Mark Stone fan? Mark Stone, yeah, man. Freaking Most- flow, let me fly. <laughs> Sorry, you guys are phone. you guys are listening, but. uh so we're all on laptops recording right now. Dalton's on his Wait. fucking iPhone, <laughs> and it just falls. I I got mid, excited because mid spiel by him shaking my flow. No, we were we were listing off all the names. He got excited. He grabbed his phone for something else. <laughs> yeah, the the back to the Kings game. Flyers had control on that game. They were up three one. Kings ended up tying it. They had a late goal with the uh, goalie pulled. What, classic fashion. Thirty seconds left. Kopitar scored after like a scramble that front Carter Hart like I don't even think he had a chance or knew where the puck was he probably made three or four saves prior to that if uh if I know yeah and I think it went all like someone tried to clear and it like went into the middle off skates and then Kopitar just had a shot and but in that overtime the Flyers controlled the puck for pretty much the entire overtime and then ended up scoring on a Atkinson shot and rebound that's actually funny you bring that up because that was the one time this like I thought to myself that this is like the first time where we're the one possessing the puck. We're not the one getting trapped in as other teams are like change and making line changes. That was us because I remember one time I remember that one point I forget who it was passed it back to Carter Hart just so we could like we were able to reset and change change yeah. guys while keeping them pinned. So that's that's a good point you bring it up. Too. I I totally saw that game though uh, us controlling overtime the entire time and then it going to a shootout and us lo- no one scoring us losing like I could totally see that coming but. They scored, but at this point we want to lose. So if we lost in a shootout, who really cares? At least the game was entertaining yeah. and worthwhile yeah. to watch. You know, <laughs> that's it was all a we're together for. effort. Like it's crazy that like, <clears throat> the last like two games is actually noticeably different effort wise, in my opinion, or at least we like put like look more put together as a team, like skill wise, also like just foundation. But like it, it sucks that it took thirteen losses to get there, but yeah. still. But still, it was it was we're doing consolidation prizes. It was not not bad after the last two, two games. Can we talk about that uh the opening goal in that Kings game? That was the Mayhew goal. Frost and Willman had a nice uh give and go out of the zone. Frost sort of like stopped up at the point, waited for you know some Rasmus uh, some help. Defense, uh, yeah, Rasmus Ristolainen comes skating in. He gets the puck, <laughs> does a little dangle. Thinks, Does his thing? Yeah, you think he's gonna shoot it? You you hear uh uh Mayhew slapping his stick against the ice. He because he was just wide open on the right side of the net, just no one in front of him. And uh Rasmus bringing the puck, driving the net in the middle, quick sort of lost side of the puck. He dished it over to Mayhew, and it was basically an empty net goal. Yeah, I think in a faraway distance, you're a Jim Jackson. You're, Holy shit, too! Yeah, it's all Rasmus dangle. Jerry, Jerry. That's crazy. Speaking of uh, Gary Mayhew and and Frost, Gary, and Gary. Guys, I just wanted to like talk about them a little bit because you know Wilman Frost and 
Gary, I won't even call him Mayhew, just call him Gary. Those three guys have honestly been like our best line the past like disrespect handful of games, and it's been honestly like kind of fun to watch. They've been little honey badgers out there. They got some juice. They remind me, what was that? What was the uh, the honeybees line a few years ago? Killer bees. No, it was it was Law and Raffle and Taylor Lear. Do you guys remember that? Our fourth line, like fucking no. three years ago and they were called like the honeybees they had to give them that that own name my mind immediately like goes that. to Farabee when you say bees <laughs> is that what they were called I don't they're, know. They're, they're definitely honey badgers out there they're always grinding and you know what i want to say something about mayhew there's someone online i don't know who it was i i don't i don't remember get them but Call they're kind of like they're kind of like oh we're getting excited about mayhew i'm like damn right we are dude he's freaking a 29 year old rookie he's philly man he freaking grinded the minors for whatever eight nine mm. years he's finally on the team he works his bag off scoring some goals he's got three goals you know? this year what 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 can we not love about that i mean where there's not much else to love about the season i mean yeah it'll be better it's better if he was like a fourth liner and we were winning more but like i mean come on man how can he not appreciate his effort and his grind out there his tenacity we need that Anyway, sorry. He's got more goals than Morgan Frost. <laughs> exactly. No, no, Coots, it's good you bring that up because I was thinking the same thing because someone said the same thing to me. It's like the problem with this fan base is that we root on guys like Zach McEwen and Jerry Mayhew. It's like, would you rather us like suck off TK who hasn't, who's not doing his job and producing goals as opposed to guys who aren't like, yeah, okay, yeah, they're not goal scorers. Sorry that they're not. That was a ricochet, but ricochet they shot by fucking Johnny. Jesus. But they do, yeah. There you go, DG. But they do do their job so well. They're niche players, like they're they're guys that are going to get below, or at least in McEwen's case, he's a guy that can get below the red lines on the four check and grind out the opposing D and probably get possession of the puck. Too McEwen, McEwen is a great fourth line. The problem is we don't have guys on our third, second, and first line that are really holding. You know, that their supposed ground. to score. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on. But, also, yeah, go for it, Coos. No, no, that's it. I'll say that those guys are great depth guys. They're just not in depth roles right now. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, you have Wilman, Frost, and Mayhew, right? The third line right now. I mean, yeah. that's pretty bad. I mean, I love their effort and everything, but you know, they'd be that'd be a great fourth line, maybe. No, Wilman can buzz a little. He can skate. Him and Jay. Yeah. I think they're I think maybe they're finding their stride a little bit too. They look a little more calm. Those three talk. specifically, yeah. I agree. Yeah. They actually um, have been building chemistry. Meanwhile, like our better players haven't really found that with each other yet this year. Kind of like wild. these three guys are clearly like all making each other better on the ice when they're together, which is what you want yeah. in a line. And it's like, what yeah. is there to lose at this point, too, for those guys? Like, except, <laughs> I know. I mean, except, yeah, except Giroux. I mean, like Giroux at 34 or five years old, however old he is, he 34. should not be early. Should not be our leading scorer right now, or he's not. I mean, Atkinson is. I mean, Atkinson's playing really well too. But man, mm-hmm. we need we need other guys to step up. I mean, like even Lawton, like even Lawton could step up a little bit. Van Riemsdyk, a hundred percent, can Fer- step up. He needs to learn how to Faraby. Faraby's Faraby. been injured. He's been pretty good yeah. this year, though. Uh, Lawton yeah. has done absolutely nothing for me this season. I could see him easily getting traded. It's I get his contract is movable. It's definitely um, and, movable it's and it's cheap, it's cheap relatively like it's a, you like you, like yeah. for what he brings like it, like a special teams and everything yeah i feel like three million is a pretty good deal for a guy like and that fletcher and especially ba- signed too yeah fletcher basically said last uh trade deadline like yeah we got a bunch of calls about law and, and then we were like well we're getting so many calls about this guy he must be good let's just sign him <laughs> i feel like it's good it's good to um what's it called uh have him signed with term too especially in a flat flat cap era too at that three million figure i feel like that uh, what's it called? Makes them a little bit more appealing to other teams. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to the. We guess still got to uh, talk about the Winnipeg game, right? Uh, I mean, we could talk about it a little bit. I mean, winning back to back games is always impressive when it's a highlight of our year. Ten plus game losing streaks during a season. So, of course, of I mean, course, we're starting a winning streak. I would not doubt if this freaking team wins ten in a row and we get a freaking lottery pick. Anyway, well, the thing is, was- every time we start doing good, there's a stoppage. We lost 10 yeah, games in a row. Then we it. had a seven-game point streak, and we had the COVID stoppage. And then we lost yeah. 13 games in a row. And then we actually started winning again, and then we got the all-star break. So I'm guaranteeing you, if I put money <laughs> on it, that we're going to go on a 10-game losing streak starting next Wednesday. Can we actually guess the number of games <laughs> we're going to lose out of the, out of the uh, all-star break? I'm going to guess five. 
I'm going to guess five. I'm going to set the baseline at five. We're going to over under five? over under five losses in a row Straight? coming out of the All Star break. Yeah, I think we I think we're going to win one of the two games against Detroit because we're playing Detroit, them back Detroit, in, Pittsburgh, Washington. I think we're going to win one of those games against Detroit. So. I, I I think we win three. I think we win three in a row. <laughs> I think we're going to beat Pittsburgh. Five Pittsburgh. five total. One I of think the hottest so. teams right now. Yeah, I can't believe them. Which it must would, be nice. Which would make it a fun moment to beat them. It would make and it I a know, fun, it's, fun thing for us. Out, out of the break, it's Detroit, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Washington, Carolina, St. Louis, Washington. We could lose all of those games easily. <laughs> like, we could also win them all. If it's an obstacle, it's possible. Not easily, Ooh. though. But yeah, let's. Uh, we don't have to talk about the Jets that much. We we won our second Hard, game in the two round. Two words. It was Carter awesome. Hart. Carter, Carter Hart. Hart that yep. game. That Carter game, Hart. he was unbelievable. Stick tap. He was unbelievable, which is what you expect from Carter. So I do want to bring up one thing that I noticed, and this is a general uh, observation, but it caught my eye in the Winnipeg game. And maybe some of the uh, former hockey players in this, uh, in this meet can uh, help me with this. So a lot of, one of our huge problems is zone exits. Obviously we get caught in the zone a shit ton. Right. And one thing Mm -hmm. I noticed is that the defenseman either rims it around to absolutely nobody at the point and it gets, you know, picked up by the other, you know, the opposing defenseman and they keep it in the zone. Another thing I noticed a lot with Provi and Braun, especially is they try to play the puck on their backhand when they're like facing the boards. And that just makes no sense to me. Wouldn't you want to play it on your forehand on the stronger side? Is there any reason you would no. like purposely, you could choose back backhand or forehand and you try to play it on your backhand. And it like, every time they do it, it goes like a foot and gets turned over. See, the thing is, as a hockey player, you should probably just be just as good receiving a pass on your backhand as your forehand. So at that stage, like they're professional athletes at the highest level, they theoretically should be able to receive both sides. Not, not I'm not talking about can. receiving it, though. I'm talking they just about shove, moving it up. They're trying to shove shovel it, it. Shoving it. They're yeah. shoveling it. Yeah, yeah, they don't stop. I, I'm, I'm envisioning what you're saying because I've seen it because you see it like a bunch. Like I totally agree. You see it a bunch, especially from Provorov where he lowers his front shoulder and just shovels it almost like a one-timer and it wraps around the boards and it's not a clean breakout. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. But it's okay, like, yeah, no. okay. They, they, the puck gets dumped in or whatever. They're the first man there. They can play it on their forehand if they want, but they like prefer to go to the backhand. Like they purposely go for it. I think they think they could probably corral it and bring it to their forehand easiest by like starting. You know what I mean? Like they go in backhand and pull it to get it, you know. It also yeah, might be a de- it also might be a deception thing too. Yeah, I was just trying to make sense of it. Usually they just get like tied up immediately and turn it over. Speaking so. of deception, before we move on to actually, this is a good transition point. Uh, the G All Star Game. A little talk about that. Have you guys ever noticed like how G like would deceptively pretend to like dump it, and he just like d- like makes it look as like he's going to as much as possible using his acting skills. Then he just doesn't. And he like just holds the puck and then dishes it off to somebody the, else. He does a little move. He does his acting the, skills. Get him a Grammy. He does it on the power play where he's on the left boards and he like pretends like he's going to rip it around the boards, but then he just doesn't. He does the he's whole motion. Then he just keeps the puck. Dude, the little things she does, man. Yeah. Exactly. Doesn't he have, doesn't he have the most power play points since like 2012? Something crazy like that. Top three. If at he least. doesn't, he's up there. Top three. Yeah, it's gotta be, be like him two. and Ovi up there. Patrick think, Kane, maybe. Think, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was him and Ovi. Yeah, because it, it went Ovi, and then I think went him. I think he was. Yeah, uh, he could have been above Ovi. I don't know. Well, let's talk about G being in the All Star game. It's his seventh All Star appearance. Legend. I mean, it's pretty incredible, and he's also uh, after Ovechkin bowed out because of COVID. Quotes COVID. Um, <laughs> he is now the captain of the Metropolitan Division, which is pretty sick. That is awesome. It's cool. He's got immunity. They, they can't kick him off the team anymore because he's the captain. <laughs> so it'll be uh, his last all-star game as a flyer, unfortunately. But uh, shut up. It's pretty cool. Dude, but like <laughs> you when, when you're Ryan that old and little little Gavin is going to let him get out of Philly. No, he's going to look to his family. He's going to be he's going to be like, guys, I've been, I've been asked to move my no, no, my no, my no move clause. And then you what like Gavin's gonna slap the shit out of him. And like, no, Dad, we're staying here. I already is made it, friends. Is it Ryan or just Ryan? I think it's Ryan. It's French, I think, I think it's it just Ryan. Ryan. I thought it was That's Ryan. the only thing I got from whatever you just said. But uh at no, okay, his age right cool. now. No, no, it's cool. Ignore the rest. It's fine. Yeah. 
I mean, it's got it's cool. It's like an honor to make an NHL All Star team, but doesn't he want the break at this point? Like, don't you want some other fucking take Atkinson or something? Little Gavin like, looked excited coming off that plane today. Yeah, he's gonna be hitting the slots in Vegas. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of. It is kind of a funny dynamic, the fact that he's going to Vegas for All-Star break, which if you're going to All-Star break, it kind of sucks, but like it's in Vegas, so you at least get to have some fun while you're there for the weekend. But he's bringing his family along. So what do you like? What do you guys think that, that weekend looks like? Are they just going to walk down the strip with Gavin, like take videos for Instagram and stuff? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think every All-Star is going to get COVID. You think so? There'll be an outbreak. Uh, COVID will have a third. Gavin's gonna get it. drunk off. Gavin's gonna get drunk off chocolate milk. Yeah, <laughs> ice cream yeah. wasted. Yeah, there you go. They're gonna team up right rush. there. <laughs> you know what my favorite uh, All Star memory was mm. with the Flyers? What's that? Was uh, no, not of Johnny Gaudreau and Voracek. No, of Hartnell when Hartnell scored and he goes by the bench and that looks at Fanoff. Suck it, Fanoff. Goes, Suck it, Fanoff. <laughs> yeah, the third, the third Sedin, Hartnell. The third yeah, Sedin. I remember Sedin, that. Yeah. I might post that. I might. I'm. I'm gonna suck post that. Actually. You should. That's a good. No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't go. He doesn't go. Suck it, Fanoff. Goes. Woo! Suck it, Fanoff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there. Yeah. There we go. And then I think later that I season they they fight right after Hartnell scores a goal too when Fanoff was hilarious. on the was on the Maple Absolutely Leafs. hilarious. Yeah. Absolutely hilarious. Oh, that's such a good memory. <laughs> Do we that's know what uh what competition he's going to be doing? What skills competition? He usually does like the passing one, which fucking sucks. I mean, well, I'm assuming he's, he's going to be doing skills. that. He's, he's like puck handling, passing. I hate those. That's what I, he does. That is yeah. it. That's literally his bread and butter. He's not. What do you want to see? I think one year targets? he did the sh- the target one, and it was bad. I hope Giroux is. He's he the captain. To do it again. It's better Drew's than TK doing fastest skater. Yeah, he's the captain. He's the captain. So I think he might, if you guys don't know, like the the new things that Vegas is doing, there's one when you're shooting pucks from the middle of the, a fountain, you know, on the strip. And there's all these uh, cards like in front of you and you have to like shoot Black the Jack. puck to hit the cards and you have to play blackjack. So you get the, you get five pucks and you have to make sure you're under That's- 21. That's pretty, pretty cool. That's very. So I cool. feel like G would be really good at something like that because he's really good at those finesse type games where I feel like he could just like aim perfectly and get exactly what he wants. Get blackjack. He sounds like a winner there. I exactly. like that. So it'll be fun. By the time you guys listen to this episode, the All Star Game will have come and passed. But we're hoping G has a fun time with uh, Ryan and his son Gavin there. But let's move on to the next topic of this episode. We got. Chuck's press conference, but it was basically Dave Scott's press conference as well. Does anybody want to want to give their first initial thoughts of that? If we've had a while to you know take it in, so I think it was clear that everyone was surprised that like Dave Scott was there, like Chuck included, and he kind of just jumped in there and started answering questions that were meant for Chuck and was trying to do damage control, and it just. I think it made more <laughs> obvious that he like doesn't know what he's doing in, in a hockey sense. Like I'm sure he's a fucking great businessman. The fact that he got to whatever position he is, but like hockey wise, he was just he was sort of fumbling through some of the questions. He started off well. He apologized to all the fans, which which was good. I mean, it's better than not doing it. He apologized to all the fans, and then I thought I thought we were gonna get the Rangers like we're gonna do a rebuild, we're gonna do what's right, and then he was like, no, we're gonna do an aggressive retool. Z, no, no, go for it. Um. <laughs> I forget what I was going to say, to be honest. <laughs> Go ahead, no, Johnny. They gave him, they literally gave him five names. They probably, he probably had it written down on his water bottle right in front of him or like a little note card in front of him. Here are the five names you're going to say to make it sound like you're paying attention. And he listed, <laughs> and I think three out of five of them were on the injured list or four out of five were on the injured reserve. He's like, yeah. this is the core. And then he met, and then he threw in Jerry Mayhew. That's, that's, that's exactly what it was. It was, yeah, he, wait, he mentioned the core. <laughs> I, I I remember I remember, recall seeing a ton of people talking about what he called the core and people just ripping into it. I think that's something you just got to ignore. He's an idiotic owner that knows nothing clearly, so you just got to ignore what he believes the core, believes the core is. But well, I mean, do you guys believe that he was blindsided? You guys think that Chuck had no idea he was going to be there in five minutes before Dave Scott's just like, hey, I'm, I'm hopping. I think in. they had a nameplate what- for him. Yeah, I, I think he didn't know when they like announced they're going to have a press conference. I'm sure before that day he knew. Okay, that would make sense. I mean, if he mm-hmm. wasn't told that, it's kind of mispractice in the in the workplace, I would think. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, for sure, like the you know general public and the press didn't know because there was people who got there and they're like, why are there two chairs? <laughs> and then they like, <laughs> I remember saying, yeah, people were yeah. very very confused. You think Dave Scott's ego? He was like, I want to like mic drop. Like, I want people not to know I'm going to be at this until right before it happens. Because I remember just like working, looking at Twitter and being like, holy shit, Dave's going to be in this. This is going to be popcorn worthy for sure. I don't know if it was mic drop more so than I don't want the press to actually prepare good questions for me. <laughs> you know That's true. I mean? That's actually a very, safe very face. good point. That's probably exactly what he did. Like, that's the reasoning. Definitely. Something that stood out to me as a part of like, the whole thing was how frequently, um, what's it called? Valerie Camillo's name was brought up too on the business side of things. Her name had to be like, like thrown out there five or six times. Like it was something like ridiculous like that. And to me, it just already seems like Dave Scott's like moving chess pieces and kind of planning on who he's pinning his scapegoat on for, for this whole gaff of the season half of like an operation like it's just it's not that's what it seemed like to me at least because i I'm, I'm like thinking otherwise why is she you know getting it brought up uh just so like i'm clear and everybody listening is clear who like who was talking about valerie was it dave or was it chuck that oh it was dave her? sorry it was dave okay so like that kind of makes sense i i think it would be funny if chuck was like talking about her because it'd be like chuck being like this girl sucks like i hate her i'm gonna pin everything on her <laughs> yeah no no it was dave for sure dave was trying to cover his ass see why i cover your ass he was like shifting blame like valerie does this on the business side and chuck does this on the team side i'm over here i don't do anything like don't yell at me <laughs> basically <laughs> no he's like i'll give him money blank check yeah exactly like that's gonna solve it that was also very misconstrued by flyers twitter Oh, oh extremely. Everyone was like, core. but there's a cap. And it's like, yeah, no shit. He's like, talking about like other things, coaches and shit, coaching, yeah. and scouting, scouting, medical analytics. staff, and like all of that stuff. Yeah. And then there was also a huge argument on Flyers Twitter that I saw about what the, what core means. Does core mean your best players? Or does core mean like your, the group you like build around the current team that season, the players that are helping drive the team. It, it well, changes hoping- year and year out. Which well, usually the is four your best player, players, right? The four players he listed were all like over 30 or 31. He didn't list mm-hmm. Farabee in there. He didn't list Carter Hart in there. That's what stood to me. He didn't list Provorov. And I don't so, think that was super purposeful. So let's do this. He So who did he list? So he listed Hayes, I know. Hayes, Couturier, Ellis. Coots. There was someone else. Maybe G? No. I don't think, that was the other thing. He didn't, he didn't I don't think he G. said G, which is kind of... Uh, that's wild too foreshadowing um but who's the actual core it's coots for sure he got coots right probably ellis i'll give him ellis just because that it's just he's gonna help run the d ellis and Provorov, i guess and then barabee and carter like those five guys i would say is probably what our core really is hayes definitely is our core but like i feel like throwing him in there as one of the our best like elite players is kind of crazy he's a 3c on a competitive team like it like the fact that he's our 2c like and i even said this in the offseason is kind of a problem but like he makes a ton of money so right now he is our 2c i love kevin hayes the the thing with him is you're right like he's not i think he's like between a 2c and a 3c but like there is no line between two and three so it's kind of hard to pin him there so like a stanley cup roster he's an insanely good player on the third line like that's exactly it. Yeah, mm-hmm. when he's healthy. I mean that that nineteen twenty season, he was amazing. He was one of my favorite players on the team. <laughs> he they did not get the puck off him. Yeah, crazy puck control, setting guys up with scoring, fucking shorties. Yeah. So he did. So so Dave Scott did say we have a pretty good core. I think it starts with a healthy Coots and Hayes, and then he mentioned Joel Farabee. Joel Farabee. He did. Okay. So he did mention Farabee. I mean, everything that Dave Scott said in that press conference, I think every Flyers fan should just, I mean, you can like analyze it and make fun of it and stuff all you want, but like, I don't believe a word that comes out of his mouth because I don't think he knows too much about hockey, if at all. Well, people, myself included, probably use it as bulletin material just to get pissed off more. Yeah. If I were to guess, if I hand up, like, honestly, like that's. 
And it's just like night and day compared to what Ed Schneider did for the team and how much he really cared. Like he would have given you concrete answers, known everything like it's the back of his hand. And I think that pisses off a lot of like fans of all ages, not just the old school people too. Yeah. No, do, you guys, do you guys miss the days of Paul Holmgren making absolutely insane trades? Would you, offer, would you pay to go she, back? Offer she, Shea Weber. Yeah. Would you guys you pay imagine. to go back to those times? Give Briz and Andy McDonald those contracts. Was Andy Mac Hexall? Andy Mac was Hexall, but I'm thinking no. Briz Golov was uh, was Holmgren. Yeah, that was. I mean, but I mean, I think it was I, stupid. But like, how was he to know? <laughs> you know he I was the Briz best Golov, goalie. I think Briz Golov and and um, Pronger has said it in interviews before that Briz Golov would have been fine if Pronger never got injured because Pronger said he went through the same things with him over in Anaheim. And he kind of put him in his place and made him more focused and work harder. And they stuff. won the cup that year, and they won the cup. Yeah, and I think Briz ended up taking over the starting role, or maybe played a lot, a few. I think few they went games. there. Yeah, there was like a point where it went from like J.H. Jagir, I think, to maybe Jonas yeah. Miller. Then Briz was somewhere in there. I think Briz got traded somewhere. Yeah, to Phoenix, but yeah, maybe. But I don't know. But I, I really truly think if uh, Pronger was never injured that year and could be a part of that team, it would have been a whole nother scenario with Briz in a positive way. Pronger was Pronger's injury was the death to the Flyers we knew. Oh yeah, that's when the that was... that's basically when the rebuild should have began. Probably at that point in time. When I mean, was that I mean, in yeah. twenty? Was that in twenty thirteen well, or twenty fourteen? It was twenty eleven. Because wow. I'm, I'm thinking of maybe like pushing a, another year because the next year we had Yager, Hartnell, and Giroux. And I think that was in 2012, that series versus Pittsburgh, that was a very, very, very memorable time, um, which is still like very good, like Flyers hockey. 2013, I think you start to feel, you start to see a little bit more deterioration and in, 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 uh, what's happening. <laughs> Back to the uh, presser though. I, I didn't, mind i don't fucking care about anything dave scott says about players of the core or anything like that i don't really care what the fuck he thinks about that the one thing i did care about is the direction he thinks this team is going in and he said he doesn't want it to be a three to five year rebuild he wants to be shorter than that and that worries me because i think a lot of us feel like they should commit to a rebuild at this point and we know for sure that he's the guy that gets to push those decisions because we saw it with Hextall. He, he got impatient with Hextall. He fired him and brought Chuck in and wanted to push to, you know, be a playoff contender. Um, that didn't work out. And now he's, I think he's still trying to make that push. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily think like, I mean, like, you, like we've been saying, like you can't take everything Dave Scott says, like, as it is, you got to take it with a grain of salt, but like he said, aggressive retool. Chuck said, so that. Chuck said that. Okay. So like, which means like aggressive retool means like next year, which means is Danny a- Brio is going to be our GM. basically. <laughs> maybe uh, it means next year is a wash year. Like maybe we're competitive. Maybe we're not, but like, don't expect us to like make the playoffs next year. So what- and then I think they want the year after that to be like, okay, now our team is retooled. We've had a year with this new roster. Now we're going to like make the playoffs type of thing and like i don't necessarily think like that's not possible like i think it is possible just because of the equity that we currently have like if you flip that equity for different players in return there's a world in which like we actually are able to like compete again within like i'd say like two-year rebuild and the third year i want to be like a good team like playoff ish team like i'll give us two years what is a what is gather assets aggressive retool mean look like to you in terms of players moving in and out like was last offseason not an aggressive retool it was, I, I well, by aggressive retool i want more <laughs> trades like the Vorcheck for atkinson deal more hockey trades like that i think that's a way to you know reshape a team that clearly has some issues to where we're we still have talent with all within the roster it's just like we need a shakeup basically. And like, I think in the form of, of an aggressive retool, as Chuck said, might like it could work. I'm not yeah. necessarily thinking it's not going to. My whole thing was like last offseason was the shakeup and that didn't work because there's, there's still some bad seeds on the team. I don't know who they are, what it is, or, you know, like a shakeup going on, like a shakeup to where like 
this year's shakeup was we're still really good and we're a cup contender. This shakeup being like we still have some good pieces and we're not going to be like awful, but like we're definitely not a cup contender anymore type shakeup. I think they have to commit to being awful though to get to where they want to be down the line. Do you want us to pull a 76ers? I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying a full, but Trust like the they need to have it happened in an interview. Charlie Connor said, How are you going to get those high end players? And he said the best way. And Chuck said the best way is through the draft. And then he was like, Okay, so are you going to fucking start losing games? And he said, No. So then you're not going to get good players in the draft. Charlie's good at his job. Yeah. Charlie's <laughs> really good at his job. He had really yeah. good questions. He, he asked Dave Scott straight up, like, Why is Chuck still your guy in front of Chuck? I was like, Holy shit, that took some balls. Yeah. No, I, mean, I think like, we got. I'll go for yeah. it. Not you. That. All right. Oh. You've been quiet a while. I, I think. I think we have to really be careful with like a Frankenstein, you know, patch a bandaid here, patch a bandaid there, uh, aggressive retool, because we could really get lost in some, you know, null gray area. And I think that I think it might be good to kind of rebuild, do this two three year rebuild kind of thing. I mean, we haven't had an identity in a while. I don't know what the identity has been since 2014, pretty much. Like, we're, we're, we're a playoff team. We're not. We're a player. You know what I mean? It's just like a never-ending cycle. So I think we really need that identity to, like, okay, we're finally rebuilding. We're kind of, you know, moving a whole other direction, different than what we have been going. You know, to that point, I, I said like last episode, I'm giving us, I'm giving t- us two drafts. If we're going to read, I'm giving us 2022 and 2023 because 2023 is the, is the money draft. That's Lower the one drafts. you absolutely have. That's the one you have to hit on is 2023 just because of yeah. how presumably just how deep it's looking right now. Um, just going back to the aggressive retool type thing. It seems to me, it just the way he phrased it, the way he said it, it means that he's probably going to end up going after someone big this off season. And then we, we discussed before the show, I think two names and that's Johnny Goudreau and Philip Forsberg. Yeah. So, so I, let's um, move, let's move on to that. Now it's a, I mean, it's a good two players to choose from. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I just think that just the way he said it, it means he's going to probably end up. Well, well, first off to get one of those players, you have to clear out cat. The first person I'm thinking of is JVR, whether you're getting rid of him at 50% retained at one way or another, or it's going to be Travis connecting. It's going to be one of those two or even both uh, to just bring in like a Johnny G or bring in, you know, a Phil Forsberg. Phil Forsberg, I don't think it's all going to happen. I think Johnny G there's like still not a favorable uh, percentage that's going to happen. I, I said before the show, I think realistically I'm looking at 30, 70, he comes here. Um, but yeah. Just real quick, I want to bring a point off to something Johnny just said, because he said the, those, the next two drafts are going to be loaded. And, you know, every GM knows that. They're not stupid. They know those are going to be deep drafts. So in order for us to load up on picks from those drafts, we're going to have to trade some good players. Well, it's going to start with G. And, I mean, we talked about it last week, so we're, we're not going to hit on it much right now. But you'd think we'd at least get a first for G, and Colorado has a 2023 first. They don't have a 2022 first. Yeah, it won't be a high pick, but yeah, good you said it's there. a deep draft. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's good, but he knows how to use the Google shit. on the internet machine. I mean, here's I, the th- here's the thing though. Uh, just on that point, like if if you we are going to trade Z or oh, don't trade me. Can we trade Z, please? <laughs> just yeah, don't here. trade I thought, me. I thought I was the only one thinking it. This guy's got to go. <laughs> we acquired Johnny and Coots, and we're trading Z away. <laughs> But if we trade, if we trade G, it's going to be to a good team. So that first is going to be 20 and over. Like it's not going to be an early pick. That's why I want a 2023. It gives you, if you trade them, presumably this trade deadline, you don't know what that team's going to look like at the end of the off season. Cause they're taking on all these expiring contracts probably. And they're getting rid of their draft capital in return. So, so to, to go off that, what team is good enough to like acquire G and maybe win a cup, but also could easily become bad within a year? What, what is that team? Quick question too. Are they, I think they would totally top 10 protect it. I don't know what the rules are there. Um, I mean, I could see the blues. Yeah. Blues are a good one. 
Colorado is probably going to be too good. It's probably going to stay in the 20s for, for the rest of the five years. Toronto, same deal. Calgary? Calgary, I'm thinking Calgary. Calgary or Edmonton? Calgary is going to lose Johnny G, I think, in free agency, whether and it comes Kachuk. to Philly or not. Kachuk already wants out. Giroux yep. is probably not re-signing there. Give me Kachuk. Ooh! <laughs> That's my guy. <laughs> Kachuk is the is the, the is the pro. What about Minnesota? I, I, they're kind of on the rise. Now they, they got, got Bold, they got Boldy and Rossi coming up. They're they're going to be pretty good for a while, I think, as long as they make the right moves. Kings aren't competitive. They probably have the picks and stuff. St. Louis would probably be deal. ideal. Yeah, it'd be funny as Shenner. G-ring. I was gonna say give, give uh, I was gonna, no. I was gonna say bring uh, bring Shen back, but that would be kind of useless. He makes so much money. <laughs> he does make a lot of money now. Bring Tarasenko. Makes back. like five and a half. Honestly, bring Tarasenko back. I was dying for him this offseason. But uh, since we're on the you know filling the void of at least Drew segment, um, one of the things like I wanted to talk about is how like people like are tending to get pissed off when we talk about acquiring like 28, 29 year olds. It, in being like a good draw, like I don't like I think getting a player that's 27, 28, 29 is what you want because like we're in a state of the NHL where like players are going to be good till they're 35. Like we've seen it with so many players that I'm not afraid to sign a guy like Gaudreau. I think it would if we signed Gaudreau, it would be like a I'm thinking like a six year deal and he's going to get paid probably decently well, but like I don't think they'd give him the eight. Just because of his age, like a six-year deal, he'd be playing here until he's thirty-four. Basically, what G is now, it's it's not a terrible move, and I like, I don't necessarily get uh, the hate for like going after players at that age. Obviously, we need to get younger and get prospects, but snagging a guy like that isn't the worst plan. I could give less of a shit how old a player is if he's potting thirty a year. That is something we've been missing for over a decade, and I'm sick and tired of it. I'm glad we got Cam Atkinson for Jake Borchek. That was a good move because he's a shooter, and shooters shoot, and they shoot, to, they shoot to kill, and that's what Cam Atkinson is. We don't have anyone else besides that. Maybe Joel Farabee next. TK still manages to be scared to shoot the puck. That's a problem. That's why I, I said it last week, or I said it last episode, that I, that's one guy I would love to see traded. Just because yeah. it's just, he's just not, we already have too many passive pass first guys. We, that's been our shtick for, for a while. I know I th- I'm probably the only one that supports TK left on this podcast. So like, yeah, I, I don't, ne- I know, but I don't necessarily think of him as a goal scorer. What does he do? I don't either. I think he could get 20 goals a season, but he's going to get you like 30 assists and he's fast. Goals, so if he gave he him. If, if we're talking like NHL players where they have like the little what type of player they are in the video game, so he's like playmaker. I would say he's pro. I would say I, he's probably playmaker. I want you to tell me and what his TK role does is when he's not scoring six goals. Forward. I want you. To it's see, weird. What, what is he doing when he's not scoring goals? It, he is a honey badger out there, like Coots likes to he say. He just talks. Like, he just talks. He doesn't work hard on just, the boards. He's lazy. It, it's just so weird because he had three years in a row where he scored 24 goals and just ever since then just never really progressed. I noticed a lot of times with the puck, he'll get a wide, he'll get a pass and he'll handle the puck and then over stick handle it and lose the puck. I don't know if like, you know, mentally he's not all there right now, but I mean, he, he's a crafty player when he's confident, but the last two years he hasn't really been confident in my opinion. Here's the thing Coots, with progression. It's like, the, the thing with, like, people are hating on Provorov right now, like, how, how is Provorov able to progress when he's playing with – he's been playing with Andrew McDonald since he was 18 years old? Like, it's kind of hard for these players to, yeah. you know, learn off their veterans when their veterans were horrible at the game. Yeah, but so, like, TK's been playing with Giroux and Katuri. That's I know. exactly what I was going to say. Exactly. I mean, he's playing with – what's who's he playing with right now? Lawton and – JVR. JVR. So – uh, are you gonna? He's been playing with Giroux him? on the wing. He's been playing with Giroux on the wing this season. No, I'm I mean, like, sure. no, the I'm lineup right now, the past few games has been Law and JVR and TK. Um, but he has had more than enough time playing with Katuri and Giroux and not doing anything, so that they've had to like switch. They've been forced to switch it up because since November 18th, he has three goals. He has chances too. It's not like he's not creating yeah. chances. It's just like 
there's like a mental a block chances. there. I agree. How many? If does somebody have the points up right now? How many points does he have in how many games? I would love to know that stat and just kind of you know, twenty five and forty three. So he's oh, gonna horrible. have fifty and eighty two. That's a good fucking hockey player. That's why I'm. That's why I'm against trading him. Yeah. You think he's horrible right now? Imagine when he's playing good, like he's going like, and we're all good. Like right now, he our has three sucks. goals since November 18. But how many assists does he have since Who November 18? It hasn't clearly been helping. A points a point, no matter which way it, but it is. Points don't always add up to hockey game or hockey. That's created offense. That's it's not getting heated. It's getting heated. Jesus. No TK. <laughs> I'll defend Dude. TK to the fucking bone. <laughs> I love TK and I think he's a good player. Six but million for bullshit. Looking at assets on the half. team. He he is I think it. <laughs> hey, I'm talking. I, see, let's see right. talk. It's all you see. I think TK is a good player, but he is an asset that we can trade to get another good player back. And I just think it's not working out. Replace him with Goudreau. If you trade, if you trade TK for assets like draft picks and you replace him with Goudreau in the offseason, that is the dream. That's an upgrade. That's a huge upgrade. I'll say this. I defend TK, but if there is a trade, like I, I would love to know what people are actually offering for TK because there is a limit where I'm like, yes, you have to do that deal. Like it's a good deal for this team. But like until I we see if he's traded and what that return is. I, I don't want to do it. I wish I knew what the offers were so that I could, you know, give a, a better opinion. But like right now, like he's the type of player I want to trade for. I want young guys under 25 that within these next three years are really going to emerge as like good core players. Like he could, if you trade TK, he probably is going to go do that somewhere else. Like ghost. Is that what you're saying? I mean, better than ghost ghost is just on a terrible team playing like first line minutes like i hate when people say that because like yeah i'll probably do there someone else somewhere else playing with completely different players who have different skill sets that may suit his his skills yeah it doesn't yeah, mean of that course put him in the perfect situation of course he's going to play better dude ghost can do whatever the hell he wants over there yeah exactly I mean, he... he can take it end to end <laughs> do whatever dude this is a this is a sound only podcast, but Cooch just dropped his phone for the second time, and his. I think it was third or fourth. Honestly, there was a few that. <laughs> it's been three. Past. Was, it's been three. Or I think it was three. He's like, it's his own version of Hartnell Down. He's going to donate to charity <laughs> at the end of every podcast. I, I got hundred dollars. I got phone you guys. Like, it won't happen next time. I promise. <laughs> it's okay. He played. In, he played in. The, he got paid for junior hockey. He can. Uh, he can afford it. I, I played in uh, the Elemental PJ. You know. Back in- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Thanks. it's it's one up from the PB and JHL. <laughs> <laughs> Back to this discussion on uh, Philip Forsberg or Johnny Goudreau, who you want in free agency. I mean, Goudreau's obvious because he's you know from South Jersey, whatever. Philly's he loves Philly sports, blah blah blah. I'd rather have Philip Forsberg. I'd rather have the score. I think. I mean, if we want to do a quick vote right now, I think all if any of us think that not having Forsberg would be the, like I'm taking Forsberg over Goudreau, but I think I it's, too. I think it's going to be Goudreau if it was one of the two. If that's it's going to be thing. one of them yet, yeah, probably. It's that's the fact. Goudreau, yeah, it's we want Forsberg, but the fact is we would end up with Goudreau. That is what would yeah. happen. It's a difference between preference and reality, like, or, or like, you know, or expectation rather, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I think we all, we're all in agreement. Forsberg is probably the more lucrative or more, you know, let me throw another name out there. Since we're all yes on Forsberg over Goudreau, Patrick Line, he's going to be a UFA after this year ends. He's probably going to be traded at the trade deadline, not to us, to a cup contender. I'm assuming like Florida is probably a great fit. Um, would you guys want Patrick Line on this team? I feel like he's the type of guy where like he's exactly what we want. He's like a character, and he scores fucking goals. And depends has- on the money. Yeah, it depends on the doesn't money. De- he doesn't depend on plays. the Well, I mean, he, uh, what's it called? He already signed a contract extension in uh, Columbus. Oh, did he? Did so he really? seven, seven years. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Okay. I thought he was a UFA. Yeah. No, he, oh. he signed a seven-year, I think, ticket last, uh, when they when they got that new coach. Stack guys, mm-hmm. can we get a quick uh, average salary check on that? I think it's around seven or six. I think it was a, a one-year 7.5. Yeah, I thought it was deal. one year. I thought what it was, was it? like a one-year deal, too. No, I feel like there'd be a lot more buzz around him if he was. I, I, that's the thing. I think there's no buzz, which is kind of crazy because, like, he's so, the type of guy that could win you a cup. 
so he's, he's like, like G so he, in a so way. He's like, yeah, he's so like, he's he's RFA twenty two twenty three. This so he's is up for last... adoption. Yeah, <laughs> send him send him a meal ticket. <laughs> give him a blank. Yeah, check. so they still give, have give him the rights. Mac give the Mac and Chuck treatment. But it would kill me if we, we trade Drew. He doesn't come back, and then we get like the guy that, that Drew, Drew could could've... set up every yeah. <laughs> every power play. <laughs> Can you imagine if Giroux had Patrick Line, like where Giroux plays on the left boards? If play him he, on the right, if have to play Giroux the played right, the right yeah. side and was feeding him, well, that's what Voracek's doing now. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he probably is. It's the per- that's that's why that trade is a win win. So why Voracek can have so many points. Exactly. Yeah, I'd like I'd like like 23 years old. Like come love on. line. Are you kidding me? He scored. He's got like two 40 goal seasons. I think already. He's one of those guys <laughs> you just give the bag. And you hope it ends up well because he's the guy that it he could skyrocket to the moon and, and give you forty goals a year for the next eight years. Depends like, on the coach too. We need a coach that's going to let him do his thing. We don't want Torts coming in being like play defense. Torts is not the coach you're, for you're going to get sat. Blah blah blah. Yeah, he's not. Uh, a little subtopic. I, I'm thinking about as drunk gritty, just replying to every single rick tocket tweet because every time he tweets he gets interaction but like not an incredible amount to where like i'm gonna be one of the two or three replies that he gets i should just be like sup coach so you excited to come <laughs> to philly next year coach just like saying dumb comments under him i, Do I, it. I want like an over under on how many time to- or like how many tweets it takes before he blocks me <laughs> <laughs> oh man i think people there is get no number great enough some you other, might like uh... it UFA's hurdle if he doesn't resign with San Jose. Would love hurdle at they're talking again. Would love hurdle. Probably get traded. Riley Smith from Vegas always scores against the Flyers whenever they play for some reason. He's a role player. Riley Smith. He's a role player. Oh, yeah. No, I like him on Vegas. Uh, Andre Burkowski. He's got a shot. Still young. Uh, Is he skilled? I think he's like. Maybe like 25. He's pushing 30. Is he pushing 30? Is he yeah, that he's... old? 26. Oh, he's still young. Are you just uh, running Nazem, down the Nazem Kadri? Oh, yeah. He'd I be saw a good fit some chat. He's gonna, yeah. his ticket's gonna be too rich for what he is. It's gonna be inflated by this year because he's playing with superstars in Colorado. All right, and what about this one, Evgeny Malkin? <laughs> yeah, that's, honestly, that's fuck yeah. I would. I would. He's Why 35 not? years old, dude. I don't give a oh, shit. Still I still got still, it. He's, he's still cooking the league after he came back from injury. <laughs> Because they took Carter, we're going to take Malkin from them type yeah, of thing. So <laughs> it's a little spite signing. Just signed a two-year extension with them, too. I know. What Long a dickhead. <laughs> what a douche. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to – this is Johnny's topic. Johnny, do you want to lead this topic? Do I? Yeah, you're the one that wanted to talk about it. It's, it's kind of a big thing. Not a big uh, thing, but it's like just like – it's just like – it's, it's like, like the, it could uh, be a little it could be like a little pass by time. It's the it's Starbucks, just... it's the Starbucks cup in the Game of Thrones final season thing. That's what it is. And it's just pathetic. And it's just a another additional additive to the shit show that is the season for Flyers and just the whole whole shebang. <laughs> yeah, no, it seems like yeah. we've had a lot of these, a lot of these moments this year. No, so um essentially uh, so Mike Nicolak, who was an assistant coach with the Stanley Cup team in 74, 75, is the first ever assistant coach on uh, the history of the NHL next to Fred Shiro. Um, he passed away, unfortunately. Uh, and basically, uh, NBCSN Philadelphia showed a graphic uh, commemorating, um, you know, him as like, I guess, commemorating his in memoriam type deal. And they you and two out of the three pictures they showed in the graphic were not even Mike Nicolek. They were of <laughs> like they were of they were of, of I think it was either Jerry or Gary Melnick, who was a former head flyers head scout who passed away 21 years ago. So and that's coming that's coming from Scoop Cooper, who is he's a Flyers historian. Um, that's pretty pretty legit verification there. And needless to say, that that tweet kind of blew up. Like I got like I got replies from people across all all other franchises like Toronto, Pittsburgh obviously is going to chirp at Boston. They're like, I, how could this happen? Specter I did. Hockey, I saw that. Specter yeah. Hockey retweeted it and was like, this is absurd. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's just like if you like, it's one thing. It's just like in general, not even the Flyers. If you're going to commemorate someone who just passed away, and even let alone his legacy as like a Stanley Cup champion with us of only two teams that have ever done it, obviously in our fifty plus year history. And you get two out of the three pictures wrong, that is so bad. 
Yeah. And let's obviously rest in peace to Mike Nikolic and, you know, thoughts and prayers to his family. Um, but yeah, this isn't like when they have like Travis, Travis Konechny, and then it's a picture of Travis Sanheim, like on the, the thing, like, this is a guy who passed away and you're doing a memorial for him and you didn't put in yeah. five minutes of time to make sure you get a right picture. Two times Stanley Cup champion. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, it's embarrassing. Man. And everyone coming back, everyone, everyone saying like, oh, well, this was NBC Philly, not the Flyers. Like, who? How many, what? how many eyes have must have reviewed it, signed off on that graphic or like before it was even televised? To me, like, and I don't, I don't really? know how NBC Philly and the, the Flyers team are related business wise, but. In my head, it's like, you know, JJ and Jonesy work for the Flyers. I don't think they work for like NBC Philly in my head for some reason. Like but they're they're like part of the doesn't Comcast own NBC Philly though, too? Yeah, it's like NBC and owns so, Comcast. So they're like they're all like one umbrella company. I yeah, don't know how they're one, like one big monopoly, yeah, ruining the Philadelphia yeah. Flyers one day at a time. You know, when everyone life, was trying to defend the, the team, being like, This isn't the team's fault, this was NBC Philly's fault. It's like they're part of the team, they do the broadcast for the team. Yeah. It's a separate entity, though, so I, I, yes, understand, I understand it, but, like, yeah. it's still not okay, obviously. Yeah. It's just not a good thing. Um, but, I mean, do you guys have any final thoughts on that? I think it is ridiculous, too. Ridiculous, too. It's just, I know, it's it's like the simple things. Like, you got to respect your elders. At least fucking try. And, like, the, and the history of this team. I mean, they didn't even... Our history. Ag- they didn't even acknowledge Ed Schneider's birthday, you know, and do a little memoir or something i mean they didn't acknowledge like, I, don't think, a, I don't think he got a moment of sim- silence yesterday a simple tweet a simple you know anything i don't know no they don't care it's just it's, like it's just weird it's just super weird the things and the examples that have been happening this year it keeps piling on and on on top of each other and it's just like another fuck you left and right from the flyers it sucks yeah just that kind of season that kind of decade really all right, let's go on one last topic. We're rolling into post game now. Some final thoughts. So I know you, Johnny, and Coots haven't been really a part of a full episode yet. So post game, we basically are just gonna any final thoughts, anything you guys might have that we haven't talked about the whole time, just shout it out. Uh, the one thing I have down that I wanted to talk about, a little fun like over under gambling thing, is how long do you think? the bags are going to stay on our, on our heads virtually <laughs> over under like two years, because right now I'm going into next season with that bag still in my profile picture. I think I, I'm going for two years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until I, think, we, I see some changes. I'm not even kidding. I agree. Until like the tides have turned and we're, and like we start like really winning, even if we go on like a little win streak, I'm going to be like, Nope, we're going to wait it out. And like yeah, wait a couple yeah. more something weeks. bad is bound to happen. <laughs> it can't be this good. I know how this story goes. <laughs> and then it'll definitely be a parody, kind of like the doghouse with the Eagles. Exactly. You we can make mean? some funny content out of it, which is why I think it's a lot of fun. I mean, I've, yeah. been, I've been rolling with the same profile pick basically since I'm, I made this stupid fucking account <laughs> three years ago. So it's a nice know, change right? up to have the bag. Yeah, no, it's it's honestly like just going off of that point. Like, if you saw the picture of the crowd of yesterday's game versus uh, what's it called? Was it? Was, I guess that was Winnipeg, right? Yeah, we just won. Yeah, yep. There we go. Yeah, win number two, two hundred winning streak. Um, no, <laughs> like the the crowd was so scarce. It was not like it's like it's so sad to think. Like I, I remember, like I tweeted, like since I've been going like to like Flyers games since like two thousand one, two thousand two. That is like the worst. Like crowd i've seen in a very very long time like it's clear that there's some impact going on here whether it be out of rebellion whether it be covid like you see the sixers pack it's a building and have sell yes yeah. like you see this like they're like at night after night they like i was just watching the game like they, they literally had a packed building tonight it's literally just the product and the distrust in this organization and also the price yeah it's a mix of uh, I would say fair weather fans that, you know, are only going to be a fan of the team when we're doing good. Then it's, I think it's a big like rebellious thing that like, I think there's a large chunk of flyers fans that go to flyers games that are, you know, in touch with like social media and the shit we've been saying and talking about where like, I don't want to go to any hockey games. The only hockey games I'm going to go the rest of the year is probably Drew's last game. And I don't know when that's going to be. So I'm going to have to like go to one. And then like, if the trade deadline is coming up and there's a home game, I'm going to be like, okay. But like, I'm literally flat out refusing to go 
because I don't feel like giving my money to David Scott, Val, Camilla, and the rest of those that fucking <laughs> shithole of an organization that's Comcast. Well, you can get tickets for like nine bucks now on StubHub. Like on Shut up, crazy. <laughs> I want to. I want to go in for free. He's making a point. He's dude, on a roll. Dude, we're even a uh, even the sign guy, talking. sign guy stopped showing up. Have He's you noticed there. that? He is. No When's way. the last time you saw him on TV? I mean, I oh barely pay attention to the games, man. <laughs> I know, so. but every goal that guy was holding up a sign. I love but like that. that I think that guy just stopped going to games. When that Haven't guy seen calls him. it quits, that's when that's when you know. That's that's bad. Yeah, a lot guys, of like season tickles and stuff are just like fed up. Like people go to didn't fans of this team longer than the four of us have been alive just stopped going to games because of how bad it is. We should give Shawnee Hill his season tickets back just for free. Just to show up and dance <laughs> in the third period. Back to what he was doing before he was the in, in arena guy. I miss that guy. What ended up happening to him? I, I'm pretty sure it was kind of bad. Did he, he do something canned. stupid? Yeah, he got canned for something. You say stupid. a bad word or something. Yeah, it was like a it was like a an ill reference. Did the F to, word. No, it was like an ill reference set during a lacrosse game, uh, when he was like the in-game arena announcer, like announced like doing play-by-play essentially. Oh, uh, okay. The guy had a the guy had a ponytail and he made like a, an inappropriate message uh, as as it is viewed in the public eye. Is it uh, is it podcastable? Is it is it allowed to be said on air? Uh, yeah, What's no. It's the it's consensus like here. It's like I think I think the reference was like he said. <laughs> He said, like, um, what's it called? Like, uh, someone cut his ponytail or something. And apparently, like, in, like, I think Native American history, that was considered, like, a very, 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 very bad thing. And oh. that, that person was of Native American descent, like, the player who was, like, cradling lacrosse. And I'm like, yeah. Gotcha. So it, he got that canned. He got blacklisted. And yeah, I don't even know what he's up to now. At that note. There's your see. history lesson. <laughs> Ready to take us out, baby? I did want to. I had another some points for uh, post game. All right. So uh, Flyers have 15 wins this season, and 10 of them were against Western Conference teams. So wow. we only have five wins stat against that guy Z teams. with a last minute big time stat. I fucking isn't that wild? It. Yeah, it's stat that just ruined my life. That's crazy. <laughs> isn't that crazy? <laughs> and then there was another a, a tweet uh, from Jordan Hall that that popped out to me was this was before the Winnipeg game but Carter Hart has allowed more than three goals in only in a game only once since December 8th what a stud and in that stretch he's Dude, three save these sp- man oh I know my god you're getting what's too the much team, to the what's the team right what's now? the team record in that span like two wins hit Hart himself <laughs> in that stretch is three seven and two with a two seven seven goals against average and a nine and a nine fifteen save percentage he's putting up nine fifteen with this bullshit that's pretty good ball. With with Kevin Connaughton, with Kevin Connaughton, Nick Steeler, and Keith Yandel playing defense in front of him, that is Christ, phenomenal. Dude. That is incredible. He's able to put up nine fifteen. That's like like that may be just like a tick above league average because league average I think nowadays like nine twelve, nine thirteen, nine fifteen range. But the fact that he's still doing that with those three donkeys in front of him, that is crazy. It's insane. <laughs> and and no rhinos too. Yeah, what an episode, boys like that was fun let's wrap it up z let's do it all right that wraps up this episode of time my skates please like comment and follow on twitter and instagram at time my skates pod and listen anywhere you get your podcast i'm z for dg for coots for johnny we'll see you guys next time